This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to a very, very special edition of another Dolphins podcast because we are celebrating Victory Monday. And to you, my friend Joshua Houts, to all the Raiders Nation, to Antonio Pierce, I owe you an apology. I was not familiar with your game. Yeah, I think we all probably owe him a little bit of an apology. I mean, we see what they're building there. It seems like, you know, the players have bought in, but um, we all were on here talking what I think I said 38 13. So I got the 13 right, but um, this game was much closer. Yeah, this game was much closer than many of us have expected, but it's the NFL and we're going to have these uh, games we're going into expecting to win by what was the spread, like 13 and a half or something. Um, And it's just going to be a lot tougher than we expect. So. Um, yeah, we weren't familiar with your game, but um, we're excited to see what you're going to continue to do there um, in the AFC West. Yep, don't have to deal with the Raiders anymore, and that's a good thing. The Miami Dolphins defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 20-13, to improving to 7-3 and on the year. Joshua Hutz, they improved to, what is that, 5-0 and at Hard Rock Stadium? What wow. a way to begin the football Sunday. I got to say, man, it does really make you a little queasy. Adjust your expectations when you hear uh, 13 and a half point spread. When you see this is a team that put up 70 points, you think that, hey, 38, 40 points is something you can do all the time. And for some reason, man, we just overlooked that this was a Raiders defense that allows about 200 passing yards per game. I think Tua was the first quarterback to throw for over 300 yards against this Raiders defense. So, Our bad. We definitely thought this would be like a Man Campbell situation in Miami. You go, you face that good team. The Dolphins looked a little ugly at times. They looked a little sloppy at times. But at the end of the day, man, it's a dub. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of down. I mean, I I have to laugh because right now I think two is up for like FedEx Air Player of the Week. But like a lot of Dolphin fans were really down on this performance. And I mean, there were some plays where you'd want back, you know, that interception to Waddle. We'll talk about all that. But um, Tua Tagovailoa is playing lights out. I'm glad you mentioned him having over 300 plus yards because that was the first quarterback to do that. But like you mentioned at one time, man, it did seem like we were going to be the same old Dolphins, right? I think it was the Devontae Adams scoring that first touchdown. Was that Adams I'm looking at here? Adams, yeah, he did. Yeah, score Adams was the only one to score for the uh, Raiders. 
Yeah, it looked like they were Holland and Elliott. I don't know what happened. There was miscommunication, but they scored there. And um, at that point, is what? 10-7, I guess, and you're sitting there thinking, uh-oh, we're going into this. It's going to be a battle, but um, the Dolphins pulled it off, and as we'll talk about, that defense, man, is really starting to come together. I guess the simplest question I have here, Jalen Ramsey, and it's three games since he returned from his knee injury in the preseason. He's been targeted 16 times. He's allowed four receptions, 41 yards, three interceptions, a 0.0 passer rating when targeted, and a pro football focus grade of 90.2. Joshua Houts, I didn't think Jalen Ramsey would be this good. I'm, I'm just going to, this is this is insane. Two interceptions on Sunday, three on the year. He's allowed four receptions. He has three interceptions. Dude, like, bananas. Absolutely bananas, and I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying that. I mean, I was getting ready to tweet it out. I just couldn't figure out the right words, but this feels like that same situation with Tyree Kill, right? We traded for Tyree Kill. You know, you said that there was no way he was going to come here and be – I mean, they're, they're both playing better than we expected, right? They, You know, you get these two superstars, and you expect them to be at this level, and then they, you know, show up, and they're the perfect leaders, and they raise their game to the next level. I mean, you needed someone to make a play in this game, and that first interception – and, I mean, you saw him trailing it. He read it all day, cut underneath a uh, Trey Tucker – uh, route and got that pick and then that one to seal the game I mean we all see it on the elevator we're all super stoked about that um it's just crazy that I think at one point in the game the, the announcers were like they even have they even targeted Jalen Ramsey at all and then like two plays later it was that interception it's like oh man it's just it's just insane that again we got a guy that we're so used to these guys coming to Miami to kind of take a step back and watch their career kind of unravel and it's just been the complete opposite with Tyree Kill and now Jalen Ramsey so um absolute superstar better than we both expected and I, it's just absolutely crazy they got him for Hunter Long and a third round pick 200 longs man that, that's I'm going to continue to say that to the day I die you, you traded 200 longs for one Jalen Ramsey and I love that man that's such a great way to put it where it is like Tyree Kill where you were like okay you have a really good wide receiver coming in you don't really understand what that does for the team in general outside of like Tyree Kill already having nine touchdowns. You don't really understand what it does for this team outside of two interceptions. And first, Josh, to start off, I mean, this is a very, very healthy looking Jalen Ramsey. His first interception, he put on that little burst that you usually, you know, waste up in the first two seconds of a Madden play. He left that in his bag just enough time to, uh, you know, come over the middle and get in front of a slant pass. And then, God, dude, if you gave him 10 attempts to have that interception at the end of the game where, um, AOC just kind of launched the ball into the end zone there. I don't think he's catching that 10 out of 10 times. I wouldn't even give it to him five out of 10 times. It was just so insane the way he jumped up in the air. He landed on the ball. The ball did not come loose, anything like that, man. It was just so impressive. Uh, but the way I see things operating, you you said it, Josh. This was a team that was afraid to throw at Jalen Ramsey. So what they tried doing, they tried throwing at Cater Kohu. And Cater Kohu eviscerated Devontae Adams on a play. I was actually so impressed. Just his ability to tackle. It was a short dump off pass where you're trying to get it away from Jalen Ramsey. That didn't work. Then you move Devontae Adams to the entire other side of the field. You put him on X Island because you know Jalen Ramsey lines up on the left side of the field. All of a sudden, Devontae Adams catches a little bubble screen, gets blown up by Xavier Howard. The Raiders were forced to eventually throw the ball at Jalen Ramsey, and I think that's what makes this defense so exciting, knowing that teams are going to try to not throw at him, and that's dangerous as well. 
another tweet I threw in my pocket. I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, is there a better, you know, three cornerbacks in the NFL than X, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Cater Kohu? And then you think about that secondary. I mean, again, there was some confusion on that. Devontae Adams touchdown, whatever. We'll chalk that up. As, but Javon Holland, Deshaun, they've also been playing out of this world. But I love that you brought up those plays because, I mean, it looked like a mirrored image, right? I think X had that one where he blew up the, the uh, quick screen and then Cater Kohu. I mean, we see it all the time out of him. I even think he was lined up on Adams at times and, um, you know, was got a pass breakup here and there. And it's just so nice to see how this defense looks right now because I think CK put it out there. And I mean, I feel like all of us kind of expect that offense to be, you know, the, the star attraction despite what they're paying them. But this defense, I mean, that roster, they're paying them a lot of money, but they're going out there and they're playing. I mean, um, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey X. I mean, can we talk about the guys up front? I mean, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. I mean, if Jalen Ramsey had a great day, I mean, Jalen Phillips also had an interception, right? He had an interception. I think he had um, six tackles. I think it was an interception or two. Pair of sacks. Yep. I mean, uh, then Bradley Chubb. I mean, every time they need a play, whether it's setting the edge and getting a tackle for loss, pressure on an interception, whatever it is. I mean, those guys are playing out of this world. And um, the defense, man, they're starting to look like a true juggernaut like we all expected at the beginning of the season. This defense was so impressive because the Raiders in the second half went punt, interception, punt, punt, downs, interception, interception. Uh, the Miami Dolphins entered the day with a negative four turnover differential. And that second half, they had three turnovers, and yet they still have a negative four turnover differential. That's just a little fun about the Miami Dolphins this year. But, man, the defense just as a whole has been so impressive. And I think my favorite part is because there have been so many times in the past, whether it was a Ryan Tannehill or someone just having a spot start for the Dolphins, when you're getting dragged to the ground and once your back is horizontal, and you still try to throw the football, and it just goes straight up in the air like Aiden O'Connell did. I forgot who was uh, sacking him at the time. It might have been Chubb. I, I should have this up. But uh, that, then O'Connell just throws the ball right in the air to Jalen Phillips, and I think I think Phillips ended up getting tackled by his own guy who was tackling AOC on that play. Uh, but it was just an overall electric performance for the defense, and it just keeps – you keep bringing up the question. This is a defense that has allowed more than 21 points once since week five. How high is this ceiling? How good is this group going to look? I mean, you can put a little water on this fire by saying it's a rookie quarterback, him having to go on the road. I, I thought that the Raiders played decently well. But then also, man, you have Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing last year, an absolute stud. And what was this, 14 carries for 39 yards? Just a very solid defense from that is continuing to prove that it's just going to be a very consistent unit all the way through the you know what remaining eight weeks of the season. Yeah, Jake, I mean – I had Josh Jacobs in fantasy football, so it definitely um, – I don't want to say it's stung because I'd rather see the Dolphins win any day of the week. But when you have Josh Jacobs in like four leagues, you expect expect them to do something. The Dolphins went out there and just, you know, played very well. I guess the question I have, and I don't know if we want to talk about negatives right now, but I saw the um, snap count, and I was surprised. I think Jerome Baker almost doubled. David Long Jr., and we know we talked about Jerome Baker being part of that base defense, but I want to see more David Long out there, right, if we're being honest. I mean, he's playing out of his mind. Um, another interesting thing with those snap counts was uh, there's not much defensive line rotation. I mean, what you see is what you get. I think Agba had like seven snaps or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it's just insane. But we need that depth there. But at the end of the day, I'm just excited for what this defense is starting to become and, you know, these different pieces. Even Andrew Van Ginkle, I mean, I think he had like 60 – seven percent of the snaps or something like that and i felt like you really felt his impact in this one so um again dolphins playing great football i think they have a sack in the last six games and um two sacks in at least the last six games then i think a sack in each of the games this year so um dolphins defense again getting better yes it was aoc i love that you call him aoc that's a perfect movie um i i, I know that it was against the raiders but you're not going to 
you play who's on your schedule, right? And they went out there and they dominated defensively. And people might hate to hear this, but I mean, the touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, the one play, the one bad play the defense gave up, Devontae Adams is paid to be like a top three wide receiver. And, you know, it's it's kind of unlucky, but at the same time, like he gets paid for people to bounce off him. Like you're both like running at each other with these big ass, like balloons or balls or something. And you just bounce off of each other. Like he's a monster of a wide receiver and passing him off in coverage in that zone defense where I think Elliot got caught running backwards. Like you, you run at Devonte Adams full speed, man. It's a, it's a tough, tough matchup, a, a tough guy to get in the way of. So I, I, it happens. I think, the Dolphins defense is good enough where they can get away with getting unlucky here once or twice. But man, um, I always like seeing when uh, offenses get their slot receivers involved, like Hunter Renfro got involved with the Raiders because dude, seeing the number 94 sprinting downfield the other way to come chase wide receivers is one of the most impressive things in the world. We're even seeing Jalen Phillips do it quite a bit too, which is pretty exciting, but man, that defensive front deserves so much credit because when you have Christian Wilkins playing so many snaps, I mean, I see Zach Sealer basically unable to talk before a snap because he's just huffing and puffing so much. The fact that they're still out there and giving it 120% on all these plays, man, I wouldn't be able to do it. That, that is just insane. And the motor on these guys and they're going to feel a little better. Like they're playing in that hot sun under that Miami sun as well. So when they have to go out and, and play in some cold games under the year, they might actually like it a little bit like that Buffalo game last year. They probably didn't feel as cold when you're out there for 98% of the plays. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, Jalen Phillips was like working out without a shirt on showing off his yeah. muscles. So um, yeah, I, it t- it's a testament to how well these guys per- practice, right? I think Wingfield was saying that Christian Wilkins at the end of every practice, like runs from end zone to end zone or something crazy like that. So awesome that these guys go out there and hustle their motors never quit but um at the same time i know you saw the video going around jerome baker kind of just like walking behind uh renfro in that big game like he had no interest in making that tackle so it's a shame christian wilkins had to come all the way down the field to make that tackle because um jerome baker looked like he straight up gave up on that play do you do you think it's that simple like and am i giving baker too but like could there have been something that we're like the angle does not give him any credit but i mean like renfro did look like he did look like he was getting tripped up though. I mean, you expect him to trip and then you come up and try to like put your body weight on him. They're going to penalize you for that. So, I mean, that's probably my theory. You know, you saw Renfro getting tripped up thinking he's going to fall down and he didn't want to get, you know, unnecessary roughness or something the way the NFL is. But um, that's me trying to give Jerome Baker an excuse, uh, go home, get out of jail free card. Jerome Baker played. Did Jerome Baker play with Kiko Alonso? Damn. I think so. Know that. I, I, I think I can't remember. I know him and Raquan McMillan were boys at Ohio State, but yeah, I can't remember when Kiko Alonso dipped and when Jerome Baker came in. What I can, all I can think of is maybe he didn't want to throw all his body weight around because there was also four Dolphins in the area, and because I just remember Kiko Alonso just sprinting at and eviscerating his own teammates just to kind of run through someone tackling a dude through another dude, but that dude happens to be your teammate. I don't know. I it could be very much that he wasn't trying on that play. I, I just have a hard time seeing the center of this defense who has been on the team for 10 years like is it that i don't i, I i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on this one i think and for what's worth i i mean again pro football focus grain of salt but i think he was the number two ranked uh defensive player out of the miami dolphins yesterday so um yeah i, I don't know what happened there but again take that with a grain of salt so i just throw that out would, there but again man this defense is looking sick to talk about the linebackers, what, what are you thinking about the Andrew Van Ginkle, David Long? I, I don't want to call it a power struggle, but uh, it does seem like they like Andrew Van Ginkle in coverage a little bit more. I think, what was it, man? Like the first play of the game, AVG almost had a, a 
fumble on the first play, and it was, I think we, you said it on Twitter, if the Tyree Kill fumble from two weeks ago was a fumble, then this play where it seemed like Michael Mayer was putting the ball in his pocket and turning up field, he was hit right then and there. That should have been a fumble too, but I mean, uh, I guess we'd probably be more mad at that if if the Dolphins lost, but but I'm, I'm talking in circles. What, what do you think about this linebacker group and how they're using them? I think they're better than, you know, I kind of every year I think I come on here and say how that's the position we need to upgrade. And I think they're really starting to come together. I think it's a good problem to have that you have to decide on, you know, David Long out there. We're going to use Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, and let's be honest, it seems like uh, Vic Fangio must have a he must love Andrew Van Ginkle. That might be like his favorite player in the NFL, the way he calls him up to come here and the way he's giving him these reps, which are um, warranted. But, yeah, man, I thought for sure that was a fumble. But, again, this def- this linebacking core, I'd like to see more Channing Tindall. I'd like to see him work his way out there and, you know, prove that he's worth that pick they gave up. But um, that's not going to happen. So, besides from that, man, I think the defense is um, – that middle of the defense is playing much better than maybe we thought heading into this season. And um, it's kind of a surprise without David Long being out there for so many snaps. Jalen Phillips, two sacks. I think we said that's four straight games with a sack for him. Bradley Chubb made it to four straight games with a sack, but that – uh, that streak was snapped because Phillips, surprisingly enough, was the only player to uh, sack AOC. Even though the Dolphins were getting a lot of quarterback hits, I think Wilkins had a couple, Phillips finished with three. So overall, man, just a very impressive, impressive performance from this defense. Let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll talk about an offensive performance that left a little bit to be desired. Joshua Houts. Welcome back. We are here to talk the Miami Dolphins offense. The Dolphins offense was held scoreless in the fourth quarter, finished with 20 points in a win over the Raiders. lot to be desired about this Miami Dolphins offense, Josh, but at the end of the day, a dub is a dub. Yeah, I think that's twice now you said it, and you're right. I mean, that's all that matters is that the Dolphins ended up winning this game. But overall, I mean, the offense has kind of hit in a hitting a bump in the road, right? These last few weeks. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you're playing with these backup guards. You know, your, your offensive line is in, you know, playing musical chairs every other week, but you need to see more out of this offense, especially in games when you want to seal the deal. And for me, it has to be that short yardage situation. There's nothing more frustrating than watching the dolphins try to convert a third or fourth down when, um, you know, they're in shotgun, right? I mean, they were in shotgun yesterday and I understand that you have the playmakers, but Give the ball to Ingold right up the middle for God for God's sake. That's all I want. Just give him a fullback dive in the middle. But um, yeah, the offense has hit a point, uh, you know, a, a bump in the road outside of uh, Tyree Kill, who's just playing out of his mind. Paying him the big bucks, right? Like there's the Tyree Kill button. You need a touchdown here. But uh, the Dolphins were in a tough spot. Lester Cotton was starting at right guard. He had Liam Eikenberg starting at left guard. No, flip those. I think it was Lester Cotton at left guard. Liam Eikenberg's starting at right guard. Uh, so you are put in that uncomfortable position where those inside runs might not look as clean. Um, and I think kind of a big deal. Please correct me if I'm overreacting here. Not having Durham Smythe seems like a massive, massive deal because they used him a lot as a fullback, I think, just kind of in motion over the middle to um, run the football behind him. But Josh, I, I like what you brought up about Alec Ingold because I think the big appeal about this Miami Dolphins, the Mike McDaniel, the Kyle Shanahan offense was they're one of the only offenses to use a fullback. And what made their use of the fullback unique was not only are they solid receivers catching the ball out of the backfield, but they're still fullbacks, right? You can still just line them up and run up the gut with them. I don't think we've seen that from Alec Ingold and in, in just a ground and pound Dolphins offense in so long that I'm curious to think that maybe Mike McDaniel's gone too far and Mike McDaniel, or excuse me, Alec Ingold isn't even seen as like a ground and pound threat anymore because he's just out there to kind of 
make people forget about, you know, passing the football, even though that's all they do with it. So I don't know if it's just maybe like when you're playing Madden and use the same play too much and they finally pick up on it or what. Uh, But I'm a little curious to see why they aren't using Alec Ingold actually as a fullback. Yeah, well, you're right. That Durham Smythe news hit pretty hard, right? I mean, it's kind of surprising that he was out of this game. And then um, you mentioned Julian Julian Hill had most of the uh, snaps in his absence. He had a fumble, so it would have been a difference maker, right? If Durham Smythe was out there, we would have uh, liked to have him out there. But for me, I guess I just want to see him continue to commit to the run game. That's the biggest thing. I mean, it seems like late in games, they try to get away from it. Obviously, in this one, it was a little bit different, right? Salvin Ahmed, I think, got banged up late. Unfortunately, H-Aid, I mean, Anchain, the guy we were so stoked for, man, everybody you know, hyping him up, posting the highlights. He's back. He's back. Three plays, I think, he played yesterday. He got hurt. Um, So you hope he can come back. But back to the point with Alec Ingold, man, I think there was a time last year where they might have, you know, had to uh, go over to the, the tackles and act like he was being confused and run it up to get with Alec Ingold. But why don't you just line up an eye formation or something, man, just let him have a chance to lower his head and bully right behind Connor Williams? That I mean, that, I, we play Madden, right? So we're kind of uh, – um, I don't know the word, but we're sitting here kind of taking this down to a basic term. Dude, just try, Dumb try it, right? What's the worst that could happen, man? It's third and yeah, it's third and one. Just um, don't play in shotgun. But like you mentioned, it might be just Mike McDaniel overthinking things. Okay, they're coming out. The box is stacked. They know we're going to run the football. Let's go out there and pass, catch them off guard, and and get a big play. So um, I, I don't know, man. I want to see more out of this run game because it seems like it's taken a step back over those first few weeks, and then that all kind of trickles down into the rest of the offense. But you're right, man. The banged up offensive line is going to do that and you know you really didn't have Braxton Berrios either that third target Robbie Chosen got some catches though oh dude your face is just already just so bright you already get to talk about Robbie I had Chosen. to bring that up yeah that was it dude, that was he the pulled the greatest you had us in the first half not gonna lie it took two days for him to be back on the practice squad he was called up for the game and I think that actually played a big role in what the Dolphins were and actually were not unable to do you had Jalen Waddle get targeted eight times. Tyree Kill targeted 11. But I mean, Cedric Wilson Jr. targeted four times. You get that. But Alec Ingold, four targets. Salvan Ahmed, three targets. That doesn't seem like the Miami Dolphins offense that's going to score 70 points. It does seem like they are missing. You know, River Craycraft still getting back into the mix. I don't see him targeted once here. Um, you mentioned it, Braxton Berrios not playing. Durham Smythe, who unless it's Merrick's children playing Madden, he's not going to go absolutely ballistic, but he can still catch a couple balls. You uh, even get that first touchdown of the season. I do wonder if that was maybe the issue. You know, you see it to come right out for the second half, first play an interception. They were, it seemed like Tua was throwing for answers and he just couldn't find them. Yeah, that was, that was super frustrating, right? We came in, I think it was a one point game or something. It was a close game coming out of the half. And then um, we're sitting there and they throw that, they throw that YOLO ball up and you're like, oh man, what are you doing? You so yeah, it was 14, 13 going in the half, but they sound like there might've been miscommunication there, but you don't want miscommunication in those situations, right? Those are the games that plays like that can cost you late in the season. So something's got to, something's got to get right. But I do think it's interesting. And I saw someone post on Twitter, but like, it seems like they're almost force feeding Tyree kill this year, right? Like they're trying to get that 2000 yards or something almost, or um, whatever, but you have Tyree Kill on your roster. You're going to feed, force feed him targets. I just wish we'd see Jalen Waddle get more involved than we have in recent weeks, and maybe we need that third option back. I mean, River Craycraft, um, don't he didn't have his touchdown right? He used to always get a touchdown every game. Braxton Barrios out. So if Robbie Chosen's catching two passes after they just cut you, put you on the practice squad, and had to call you back up, I mean, um, the offense is thin there. So hopefully that we can get healthy enough for Friday. But it does sound like Mike McDaniel said a lot of those guys that were questionable were out for this uh, past game against the Raiders might not be able to play on Friday. So we'll keep that in the back of our mind as the week goes on. 
when where do where would you draw the line of like okay we got to stop force feeding Tyree Kill because if he catches ten of eleven targets for one hundred and forty six yards and a touchdown, I don't know if I'm really going to say that that's the case. But you you see the inefficiencies elsewhere. Why does Jalen Wild get targeted eight times and, and only catch four of them for fifty five yards? I think that is a better question of. Maybe maybe if you want to word the take, why is Tyree Kill getting all the better routes? How, how about let's go with that one? Um, speaking to that, though, Josh, I think the Dolphins should take a break from bubble screens for a little bit because I think that was another situation we saw. With the short yardage situations, it does kind of speak to that, too, where, man, opposing defenses, and, like, I joke about it, and now I feel like I'm not I'm, – I'm, like, screaming at nobody here because the joke is that you, you pressure Tyree Kill, you play physical with him at the line, and all of a sudden he can't do anything. The Dolphins actually are playing that way. Like they don't know what to do when they're playing physical at the run line because they keep giving him these bubble screens. I can't say that completely because he had 10 receptions for 146 yards, but do you kind of get what I'm saying where I feel like they, you see the defense is doing the cliche thing and the Dolphins at times are feeding into that exact cliche thing to kind of prove it right in like a strange roundabout way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, I do agree with you. If Tyreek Hill's catching 10 balls for 146 yards, and I mean, that one he caught, he plucked that thing out of air, and I thought for sure he was going to get tackled. And he just, how, how fast, I mean, he's got, he's he's so damn fast. I, I can't wait to see next-gen stats. I bet that he's the fastest guy of the week and all season long or whatever it was. But that was just incredible speed for him to blow past them. Um, it, You mentioned them kind of feeling like they don't know what to do when these defenses are throwing, you know, throwing them off their game. I believe it was Barry Jackson tweeted out, and it was a quote from, Hill, we have been seeing a bunch of unusual things and they haven't been able to um, adapt to that. And if, you know, if they're playing too high safeties and you don't know how to adapt, I mean, those are the things you got to figure out at this point in the season, right? I mean, that was the stuff you should have kind of maybe learned during the bye week, you would have hoped. But we'll see the way defense continue to game plan. When they do take away uh, Tyreek Hill, then you just need um, anybody to step up, right? We need, I, I just want to see more from Jalen Waddle. I guess that's it. I just We talked about it week after week, and I think it has a lot to do with the game planning and the way the offense is going and getting the ball out quick. But um, Jalen Waddle is a top 10 receiver, and he's just not putting up those same numbers this year. But it's probably a lot to do with injury and things like that. Speaking to that just slightly, uh, in the second quarter, Tyreek Hill left the game with a hand injury. He came back and was awesome after having a wrap. But, I mean, this was an absolute blast to see the Tua and Waddle show just absolutely take off. Uh, Tua to Waddle, nine yards. Tua to Waddle, 12 yards, 15 yards. Robbie Chosen, nine yards. Uh, Alec Ingold getting involved, and then it ended with the Salvan Ahmed uh, touchdown pass, which it was an absolute Awesome, awesome play called by Mike McDaniel. So we did see Jalen Waddle get involved, and that was most of his receptions on in a single drive. So I do agree with you that this offense needs more Jalen Waddle, and I think if you can have that consistent third target on the field. Uh, but, man, queasy meters a little higher on someone like Braxton Barrios, you would say? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I still feel like Braxton Barrios had some critical third down catches earlier in the year. I mean, like if he's of... just injured, like about playing oh, on Friday. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh like yeah, Jet Queasy meter. Yeah, yeah, Queasy. Basically, on yeah, Jets revenge game. I, I don't know that he'll be out there, but that's based off what Mike McDaniel said on a Monday. So anything could happen. But I mean, we're talking about Waddle and Hill. I mean, it's just crazy that I'm looking at now. I think Tyreek Hill was what the uh, first player in sixty since 1966 to have over 1,200 yards uh, this part of the season, which is just absolutely absurd. So he's on pace for that 2K, I think. Um, but we'll see, man. I want, I do want to see more out of this offense. I thought you were going to ask me out my queasy meter on this offense. Like it's not crazy, right? They kind of spoiled us with those 70 points, but, um, we do see them kind of hitting the, uh, you know, a couple bumps in the road. You know, it's kind of like when you're going to the toll 
and uh, you hit those, you know, you know, when you're going to the toll window and you hit the and it like slows your car down. Like that's kind of what we're doing. We got to get through that toll and um, to the Super Bowl. We'll go with that. That's kind of cool, I guess. And like, and think about it, man. No, no team does it for 17 straight weeks. Like it, it is the balances and shifts in power. It's very impressive that the Dolphins defense is able to kind of get them through these growing pains. I do think that they're going to come out the other side of this. Like they started to last year before Tua uh, suffered that concussion against the Packers. So that will be an interesting development. Uh, I'm not super concerned about the offense. It was nice to see that, you know, Raheem Mostert was backed into crazy type of action because Devon Achan suffered the injury early to my surprise. And to sound like a complete big, dumb fool, uh, Jeff Wilson, just healthy scratch from the game. And then you had Savan Ahmed getting involved, but overall, man, I, I think the rushing game is going to help out a little bit more as you start to get, you know, Robert Hunt back involved. And even if you let Liam Eikenberg get comfortable at one of the guard positions or something like that, I think you'll start to see that group look and, and feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, the Raiders had a pretty solid defense. I mean, again, two through for the most yards they've had all season. Um, and, you got to give your hat uh, hat tip to Austin Jackson, right? Going against Max Crosby, he absolutely um, looks like a different man out there. I think that it's just crazy, you know, his blow up in this um, contract season. So I, I just want to see us come out that other side, Jake, because we feel like we can. We know where we're at right now as a Miami Dolphins team, but no one should have expected to go through this year dropping, what, 50, 60 points and not having the defense have to step up in critical situations. I mean, that's what they're getting paid for. That's the way the NFL works, right? One week it's going to be offense, one week it's going to be defense, and the entire NFL should be scared to death when it's the offense and defense complementing each other. And Joshua Houts, we could not take off without talking about some of the bad news, and that includes Devon Achan re-suffering a knee injury just plays into his return for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I mean, it was gut-wrenching. I mean, we all play fantasy football, so that aside, I mean, it's just the, the most heartbreaking thing to see that your star – I say star. It's only been a few games, right? But, I mean, 12-point-whatever yards per carry, top 10 in rushing after missing, you know, half the season. I mean, we all were so happy for him to come back, and it it definitely, uh, you know, took some wind out of your sail. But I guess my question is, Jake, I mean, he's what? Is he like six, – he's 6'9", six, I think, and he weighs – six, six, nine. Nice. <laughs> So if he was six nine, we would not have these problems at all. He's five nine. He weighs one hundred and eighty eight pounds. I mean, is this something that maybe we should be concerned about him not being able to take uh, the beating that comes with the NFL game? I mean, he looks like an absolute stud out there. He's breaking tackles. He's making plays. But he was banged up with the knee injury earlier in the year. Is this just that him reaggravating that, or is this something that we might have to keep an eye on as uh, as his career progresses? It's a thousand percent a concern until it isn't until you can go out there and play three, four games. Then you start to feel better about it until then it's going to be all eyes. Like every single time he gets tackled and it could be something like, Hey, he's smaller. Hey, he does need to learn how to get tackled a little differently to kind of protect himself, especially being a running back. Uh, he did run for over a thousand yards in the sec. And those were, uh, some pretty big guys there. Of course, the NFL is a totally a different animal. Uh, there is some concern. It's a little upsetting, but Josh, I think, a-Chan was campaigning to come back in the game, and it was Mike McDaniel's decision to hold him out, be safe with it. And um, I think McDaniel does trust someone like Raheem Mostert so much to get 90% of the carries where he can do that. And I guess the biggest question McDaniel's going to get asked maybe 40 times before Friday is, A-Chan going to be healthy enough to play Friday? Yeah, Cam Wolf's going to be all over that. I think he might have uh, Devon A-Chan in, in fantasy. But I think, um don't remember who said it, but I believe there was a report that if uh, Raheem Oster went down or something would have happened there, they Devon Achan could have came back in the game. So um hopefully he's 
cleared, you know, for this weekend. But again, um, it sounds like it's something to keep an eye on and it is week to week, but, um, dude, just absolute, uh, heart, uh, shot to the heart. I would say, I mean, three plays into the game. I mean, that's, um, probably how Jets fans feel though. Right. Dude. I don't know what Jets fans feel anymore. We gotta, we gotta mention that for a minute too. Um, Tim Boyle. The Jets, the Jets got blown away by the Bills. What was it? 32 to six. I believe it was. There was a play where, uh, Zach Wilson was jogging out into the field and he just fell. That was, that was a very impressive um, athletic play from someone in the professional football league. Um, Wasn't but, he compared to like Pat Mahomes too? And he can't even like run backwards, trot backwards, like wild stuff, man. He can't jog backwards and Patrick Mahomes is, is throwing behind his back. And it's, it's crazy. Those comparisons people were making, but Josh, are, are you afraid about facing Tim Boyle at all? I'm not. I mean, I don't care if it's him, Trevor Simeon, or uh, Zach Wilson. It was funny, though, during this game, I guess, you know, as it progressed, the Dolphin fans were coming in with high hopes that they were just going to, you know, crap stomp the, the Raiders. I was getting a lot of people in my mentions. If this is how the Dolphins are going to play, they're going to lose next week. And that was before the Jets game was even on. I'm just thinking, bro, you, they still don't have a quarterback. I mean, I, I don't think that no matter what um, the Dolphins were doing against the Raiders is any indication that the Jets are going to be a tougher battle. But they are division rivals. So we'll see. We know Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel have a history. I'm sure they know one another um, and they want to go out there and show up one another. So it'll be interesting. Black Friday game. What is it? Three o'clock, Jake? I mean, that's, that's wild stuff, yeah. but uh, we'll all be there. We're all stoked. And um, we can't leave without bringing up uh, hard knocks, right, Jake? Oh yeah. We are what one night today's Monday. You'll be listening to Tomorrow, Tuesday yeah. morning. So yeah, later tonight, tonight, you'll be listening to the inaugural episode of in-season hard knocks with the miami dolphins josh we already hear it's going to be a lot of uh two corn road talk and we even saw it with uh uh robbie chosen that's probably why they brought back robbie chosen because he's on the first episode of hard knocks we it's like we can't ruin the vibes no not at all but i, I mean i kind of learned something there. i didn't know that that's it was to keep the hairs down why they wore like the do-rag on their head so i actually learned something in that little teaser trailer but i just i mean it's going to be exciting to watch this right to see the way this team um, interacts off the field, I guess. And just to see, you know, what kind of culture that Mike McDaniel's building, but, um, yeah, man, I, I like that teaser trailer and I am glad they brought Robbie chosen back 20 to 13, the Miami dolphins beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think, do you wish they won or are you happy they won a bad game or do you wish they lost a good game? I, I just want to win. <laughs> exactly. I'm not the age where I just want him to win. I just want to get to the playoffs. I don't care how it happens. I don't care about style points. People are ragging on Tua today. It don't matter to me, man. A win's a win. And we got a short week ahead against the Jets. Exactly. And there are going to be games that aren't always pretty. And, and I you did not fall for the trap because there have been people to say that, like, hey, well, let's go lose a good game instead of winning a bad game. That's something to keep in mind, too, man. It's a long season. But the Miami Dolphins came away with a 20-13 to 13 win. We are on to New York, and that is all the time we have on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. We will be back tomorrow with some injury updates, maybe some hard knock recap. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.